0: If you are interested in starting your own podcast, we use Buzzsprout because it is simple and easy to use. Buzzsprout can get your show listed on Every major platform while giving you the resources for a great podcast website, audio players that can drop into other websites, detailed analytics to see how people are listening to your podcast, and tools to promote your episodes. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners, and that is why over 100,000 podcasters are already subscribed to Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. Following the link in our episode descriptions, let Buzzsprout know that we sent you. So in return, you will receive a $20 Amazon gift card from Buzzsprout while signing up for a paid plan. Most importantly, every subscription through our link is always appreciated and helps support our show so we can continue delivering the quality content that you guys listen to. That being said, back to the show. Hello
1: and welcome to Comic Book Junkies. I'm Andrew. This is Joe. And this time we're coming at you with Captain America Winter Soldier Volume 1, uh, recounting the classic tale by Ed Brubaker and the introduction of the Winter Soldier. Uh, If you've seen the Marvel movies, you're probably pretty familiar with Bucky Barnes. The Winter Soldier, dude with a robotic arm, was kind of kept in a stasis, kind of frozen, brainwashed by Nazis and whatnot, the Russians, who gives a fuck. Bad people brainwashed Bucky when he was in suspended animation and you know he was sent out for missions kind of behind the back of steve rogers who thought his long lost partner was dead this is his reintroduction and there's a lot more that goes on that we're going to break down but joe you want to hit him with some background facts
0: so this is one of my favorite writers in comics i don't get to read too many things too often by him but every time he writes something that he does such a great job so not only was i excited to you know read something by him but also something captain america because it seems like there's not enough good Captain america runs especially nowadays and so finally getting to like take my time and and read one of his classic stories was incredible so um it's technically runs over seven issues but we're going to be reviewing the first six issues the last one's kind of like an interlude so it's uh just more background so i guess we'll uh hit them with issue one so The story starts off as a flashback in Russia. The Red Guardian got smoked by a blaster, so Red Skull and the General come through to greet the intruder. But with what little power he has left, the Red Guardian tells the General he's under arrest right before the General comes up and pops him with a bullet. Shortly after that, his minions take care of the body so the General can proceed to a warehouse with Red Skull so he can sell him um, some fairly experimental weaponry. In the warehouse, Skull comes across an android that is being contained in like a hyperbaric chamber which is the only thing skull seems to be interested in the general tells him the only way he would part with it is if skull were to give him the cosmic cube in exchange but skull makes it very clear that if he were in possession of that cosmic cube there would be nothing that would entice him to part with it
1: yeah and from there it kind of flashes back to the present where the red skull is in possession of the cube sharon carter's catching up with steve who you know they were once an item so they have kind of a testy history but she comes up and more or less tells him that she's going to be his new kind of assigned partner. She's basically a glorified chaperone for uh, working for Nick Fury and Shield. And she's just kind of dogging on my man Steve, though, who's, you know, he's kind of tossed up in his feelings a little bit. You know, he lost his boy Hawkeye recently. Uh, I mean, he's been having flashbacks and bad dreams about what happened during the war. And then she's just here to kind of pile on top of it. But, you know, he doesn't let no one bother him. And he's like, you know what, Sharon, that's fine. We'll work together again. So, you know, things kind of escalate fairly quickly and, you know, Caps beating up some train bombers and stuff like that we see cap in action which is always cool and before we you know get into everything else i want to say that this just a six issue span has some really cool cap action scenes and uh it really solidifies how badass cap is considering he's just a dude with some super serum and uh yeah he goes hard on them and he tells them that they're scum and they need to defuse the bomb before they all blow up because he says i'll make it to the end of the ride and i thought that that was hardcore that you know it's kind of almost like a batman touch thing that he was saying to people because this Captain America was not in a good headspace at the time. He wasn't his like jovial like baseball and apple pie Captain America. He was kind of like, you know, shit's really bad right now and I'm going to take it out on you. It was like a less
0: extreme punisher.
1: Yeah, he was definitely a dude on a mission. He still played by all of his same rules for the most part, but there was like a certain degree of him losing himself. Yeah, caring less or being a edge more reckless than he typically would be, uh, but that doesn't make him any less proficient at what he does just like he's just got uh you know more people to answer to for why the hell he's blown everything up but i found that really cool like i mentioned he's been haunted by his dreams of the war and like those he's lost and that's kind of been heavy or you know weighing heavy on his conscience as of late and uh we pretty much see that the red skull in the present has everything lined up to toss up steve and he kind of goes on like a joker like monologue almost about how they keep each other miserable and these are two dudes that have been you know on each each other's ass since world war ii and you know they don't need to rekindle the flame they just stay hating on each other at all times and yeah even though everything else has pretty much fallen around him as far as you know what the red skull does in the grand scheme of things he's still got it out for steve and he's gonna do pretty much his like you know his finale in a way like he's got a major attack planned and it's gonna fuck steve
0: up what's crazy too is it shows us in this first issue that red skull knows exactly where steve rogers lives and instead of just killing him and being done with it he said i would prefer him to suffer and so like he had rather follow the plan than just assassinate him and be done with it so kind of like you're saying that relationship with Batman and the Joker it feels like he just has to play these games with them as opposed to like it, the ends don't justify the means in this story and uh, not only that too but it kind of flashes back to the beginning of the issue at the end of this issue where he is in possession of the Cosmic Cube and he gets a call and it's from the Russian guy that uh, Lucan. yeah, that uh, was working with him when they assassinated Red Guardian and he was basically like, are you still any interested in trading me for the Cosmic Cube? And he just goes on this long rant like, no way I told you five years ago that there'd be nothing. And then as he's on the phone he gets murdered. And it's not something you would anticipate Red Skull, him being in a situation like that. And so a huge cliffhanger at the end of this first issue because we don't know exactly who shot him yet but we know he must be working for uh, Lucan because that would probably be the best lead that we have
1: yeah and you summed it up nicely that that is the cliffhanger for the issue just prior to then you know pretty much everybody was just waiting on the word of the red skull that's working under him of when they're going to set off these bombs i believe there was one in paris there was one in uh, london somewhere and then there's some on the states
0: the reason that he wants all these bombs to go off too is because something we haven't mentioned i guess is that the cosmic cube needs energy to work at full efficiency and the cube that red skull's in possession of isn't to quite to the full strength that it needs to be for in order for him to carry out his plan, and so he's planning on using deaths as a form of like converted energy to heal the cube, so he can make Captain America's life miserable while also killing a bunch of people
1: yeah and from there none of these bombs have been set off yet because obviously the red Skull's the one calling the shots or at least at this point in time he is or was and so everybody working under him is like well we're not going to make a move until we get the go ahead from him and they're like but it's been an hour since we were supposed to and you know nobody really wants to question the red skull because obviously as you mentioned nobody expected that he could ever be assassinated or killed i mean this guy's been like a fucking rat his whole life always scurrying away at the last second to avoid death just to live another day and fight but no dude's done in and so we see crossbones and some thugs down in the sewer and it's like oh shit here comes crossbones and he's uh, more or less trying to figure out what's going on himself but they're all down there and things are going on behind the scenes when we have another flashback to the war when uh cap's thinking back on that and this is where i thought that there was something cool is that you know they were fighting and the human torch and toro were referenced and they came as you know kind of the cavalry which is like you know that alternate history like all that golden age stuff is so cool how you know obviously if we sent cap over to go beat up some nazis that'd be sick but then also there's like an android human torch and his friend who also just come and just light up some Nazis that'd be pretty sick so I thought that that was cool that not only you know we don't see like the Jim Hammond human torch all that much and we don't really see Toro ever so it was cool that there was like a callback to them and you know their golden age counterparts especially a lot of invaders references too which I thought was cool those kind of come later on but yeah we see kind of false memories in a way like of Bucky getting shot but Steve's like that that's not exactly how I remember it going and he's you know, a lot has happened since he's been kind of in suspended animation or, you know, on ice rather. And so he's like, I've read a lot of dossiers. I've remembered a lot of things, but he, you know, the lines kind of blur of like what's fact and what's fiction. And they called in Cap to investigate the body because only he can come in for a certain level of clearance. And that's to check his DNA, which needs to be disposed of immediately after being taken. And the reason they need to do this is because the body that the Red Skull has been inhabiting for the past little bit here is a clone body of steve rogers so obviously they need steve's dna to confirm that this is a steve rogers clone isn't that cool that is cool like he has like a second body of the dude he hates most and he's just like fuck it (laughs) i'm gonna go be the worst person ever in your body and then uh yeah so they needed that to happen and steve's been sus about it the whole time he wants to see the body himself he doesn't want just dna analysis he wants to see it it turns out that when you said uh red skull was watching him and knew exactly where he stayed and everything steve steve knew like when you first saw the page it looks like oh like red skull knows and steve has no idea as he walks into like his like hollow like temporary force field like house thing and he, steve's like no i saw him watching me the other day he's after he sees the mask he's like yeah i saw that guy watching me so steve is even though he's got like mental stuff going on he's still as sharp as attack so i like that they included that too because when i first read it i was like steve has no idea that the red skull is like watching him and then quickly we find out he does but that point aside we get more uh flashbacks to like kind of steve and his training being cut short on his mission to destroy the red skull so he pretty much says that the Red Skull is the main reason he is kind of Captain America. He was like Hitler's right-hand man, and, you know, they needed to take him out, but they had to cut training short. He didn't get his full regiment because of how urgent things got during the war, so they're like, screw it, Steve, we're sending you on a mission to take out this guy, and he's been fighting him, you know, ever since, and, uh, we find out also that Fury's skeptical of Steve because, you know, Fury's like the ultimate paranoia-anxious, like, leader, which he has every right to be, but he thinks Steve might have killed the Red Skull, and, i mean we all know that's not true and sharon even says so on his behalf he's like the steve wouldn't do that as much as steve should and would and needs to (laughs) just like the joker and batman thing it's like should he kill him it's like yes we should honestly be killing these guys any chance we have but uh i guess moral superiority just means that you let more people suffer huh but regardless steve's not about everything going on so steve is kind of you know ready to get on top of things we kind of flashed over to the other sewer thugs uh that we mentioned before that were supposed to set off that firebomb and uh they're already all tossed up which you know kind of leads to more questions because obviously if this is like a whole red skull thing one who could take out the red skull and then two who bought wh- who and why are they taking out his thugs um because obviously they have to be not great people either but you know they start to set off a firebomb everyone's starting to find out that the skull had the cube in his. His possession and Crossbones kind of overhears all of that and he tries to
0: call in the rest of the bombs towards the end of this issue, and that's kind of where it leaves us. The story now moves to like the deserted tunnels in London, and moving forward, we find out that Red Skull is for sure dead, but there's no lead as to who would call in the body, nor do we know who has the cube and the device to help charge it. Catton and his ex- get the luxury of taking a night off for the case as they know things are just getting started but to conclude issue three a guy at the bar sees france supporting the actions of captain america and in a drunken state he tells the people at the bar that he used to work for the captain they tell him he doesn't know anything and doesn't know what he's talking about so he leaves drunk and mad but before he can get in his truck he tells a stranger that he looks familiar and the stranger shoots him dead right outside his truck So another cool cliffhanger at the end of issue three
1: yeah dude jack monroe got glocked up everyone's like you're full of shit dude get out of the bar and then (laughs) as soon as he leaves he gets glocked he's like do i know you and the guy's like no (laughs) it's like damn that's hardcore just like a little brief note that issue seven that we talked about the interlude is more so about giving jack monroe some backstory the former nomad just in case you wanted to read through it but it doesn't add necessarily much to the overarching narrative and from there we head into issue four so this kind of pops off with lucans in new york plotting like a douche and he's trying to figure out how he's going to take over more so like an international energy conglomerate and you know do stuff like that because obviously you know the more power he has especially multinationally it's going to be harder to remove him and yada 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 so cap gets sent on a mission to go do his own thing while fury tells sharon carter they found the sniper rifle that killed the red skull and it has monroe's prints on it and you know nobody's like why would he do that you know they're like he's kind of a basket case so he know he could have done it but everyone kind of has their doubts but regardless sharon gets sent to go find out where jack monroe is turns out they chipped him through a vaccine QAnon. uh but then uh you know they're starting to look for him through that but because it's old technology they can't get an exact pinpoint as to where he is so you know sharon has to go kind of lurking around philly or wherever they were at uh, somewhere in pennsylvania i believe Mm -hmm. and uh she just has to kind of find him but while that's going on steve's at the arlington cemetery at the two replacement at Caps Graves uh Nasland and Mace they kind of took over uh while you know Steve was gone uh first one then the other and they kind of filled his boots since you know morale would kind of lessen if they found out that Cap was dead or there was no Cap anymore so they did a adequate job filling his place in the meantime and Cap respects the hell out of them for that they always played it as pretty much he would approve um and he even says that they saved president Kennedy before when he was in senate so that rules cuz Hell yeah. But it turns out their graves were defaced and this whole thing is pretty much done just to disrespect Steve and, you know, Steve's already going through it and then you're going to go blatantly disrespect him and his dead friends. So he, he's like pissed as hell, dude. And uh, he has to fight crossbones like right after that. And he's having like a fucking aneurysm, dude. Like, he's like, I don't know what's going on. He's like trying to dodge punches, but he ain't really doing it because he's having more flashbacks that he can't tell are real or not. And he's like, Why am I thinking about this right now? As he's getting beat up. And more or less, he does get beat up by Crossbones. And Crossbones just leaves him there. He's like, Nah, this is too easy. Which I don't know why all the villains are just like, they're getting too cocky, bro. Like, they, this guy's beating your ass like hundreds of times. And you finally have him on the ropes and you dip. It's like, like, okay, bro, it's not a good choice like career wise, but uh Turns out he mentions a Russian, told Crossbones exactly where to find Cap, and Cap, like all groggily beat up. He's like, Russian? As <laughs> he's laying in the middle of the freeway. And he's like, Well, who the <laughs> hell is that? And uh, you know, we kind of leave a little bit of a cliffhanger once again, where Sharon finally finds Monroe, but then as soon as she opens the door to see him, she
0: gets knocked out
1: and by the unknown assailant, and we don't know what's going on.
0: The captain's now with Fury at the beginning of issue five, and he's pretty- pretty upset as he feels like there's a lot going on and he hasn't been a part of the loop Fury's able to shed some light on the situation because Crossbones mentioned that he was contacted by a Russian there was a regime of ex-Soviet soldiers that fell off the map in the mid-90s but were led by General Lukin which is the guy that was working with Red Skull in the beginning of the story the captain starts reflecting on a time where he worked with a Russian officer who was a pretty brutal dude in order to, to target a small village with the, that the Nazis had control over because they were guarding some kind of mystery weapon. And so the submariner and Toro are here to help Captain in the dead of winter, which is also really badass because one of them's a fish person and the other's made <laughs> up of fire. Um, so the winter had to have been brutal, but also because uh, these three characters in particular are the foundation of Marvel Comics. Like Berger was saying, it doesn't feel often enough that we get a story with all three of these characters together. So I appreciated the callback to that time in Marvel Comics, but back to the plot. Uh, The captain has nerves the night before every mission, and apparently so does this Russian guy. And Cap tells him, although he's not in charge. He better listen to him if he wants to make it back alive which is also really cool but uh, not long after that they get ready to ambush the village but it backfires as they knew that they were being plotted against and uh, Master Man crawls from up out of the woodwork
1: and <laughs> master man is fucking <laughs>
0: hitler's a... personal super soldier
1: which is hilarious because there's been so many like captain nazi who was like a what a shazam villain there was always just like one super powered like blonde nazi guy with a huge swastika on his chest who is basically just supposed to be like superman but sucks and uh it's cool that he gets like his ass beat too and when you mentioned namor i just thought it was hilarious seeing how you mentioned it's in the dead of winter like right outside of stalingrad and namor still has no shirt on you just walk <laughs> just a fish man in his skibbies, dude just as hard as hell <laughs> just running around Packers all shriveled up <laughs> his balls are in his stomach yeah. running around town but uh i just thought that that was funny and more or less this town obviously when super people show up is never a good thing for any civilian so the whole town gets destroyed the red skull honestly well he dips he just escapes out of that because they have bigger fish to fry yeah. on and the red skull leaves and more or less that's how lucan was made because you know he bore witness to all of this stuff going down and obviously he's going to have some resentment and uh once we kind of come out of that flashback we're back with fury and he says uh to sharon that they have some shit that's gonna destroy steve so he's got to be a hundred percent about it before he mentions anything about what's going on and i think we all know what that is heading into issue six
0: The last issue starts off with Cap visiting the place that he remembers dying, although it's not the clarification he was looking for. He's able to determine that he is being haunted by his memories. And And Nazi ghosts. Yep, and Nazi ghosts. (laughs) (laughs) But it must be the cube that's causing it. While at the location, he sees a memory of Bucky dying in front of him, and it now makes sense to him that the cube needs energy to work at full efficiency, so that's why Skull was trying to kill all those people he gets another migraine and sees sharon tied up but this time it doesn't feel like a memory so without fury ever even telling cap that he sent her in for investigative work he hops right back into the jet and heads straight for sharon Cap gives Fury a call and tells him he knows Sharon is captured, and Fury tells him he didn't say anything because they're obviously being played with and right now and probably wants uh, them to rush in blind. He tells Fury that that's probably true, but he's already there and has a visual. <laughs> so <laughs> Fury said there's something important he has to tell him, but Cap just cuts the call right then and there to go kick some ass. He's able to beat up the guys on the rooftop and save Sharon, but Bucky has a clear shot shot on captain to put him out right then and there but bucky gets a call right before he does it and is instructed over the phone to not do that and to just stick to the plan
1: and by sticking to the plan that means a nazi super weapon gets unleashed on everybody and cap's like oh shit And (laughs) and yeah it blows everything up just in time for steve to see and then more or less lucan says he's almost finished with his stuff and because this is only volume one that's more or less our cliffhanger for the rest of you know the series obviously you got to get you to go get volume two sometime but yeah we finally get the big revelation that Sharon when she sees Cap says it's Bucky and Cap doesn't even have a second to process that before everything gets blown sky high to hell and- I
0: know Cap sees all these people die right in front of them and it produces just enough energy for the cube to get back up and running so what a cliffhanger
1: right and what a cool introduction of Bucky because going back into a couple times we had a lot of flashbacks of him with bucky and they kind of not retcons but explains a few different things like that everybody always imagined bucky as kind of like the robin to captain america but he's like by the time that we were in the war he's like he was already a man and we see that bucky was hardcore dude
0: sure acted like a man
1: yeah he was like he would sneak up on people he was like their advanced scout so he'd show up he'd do like that you know kind of like Snake secret. in the grass yeah. and I'd throw a
0: dagger at him. Yeah, and
1: he'd pop up right behind someone and slit their throat. Like, he was hardcore. And then uh Cap finally remembers how Bucky died uh, when they're in the English Channel Island where everything went down and they were tortured. They were getting off on one of these, like, little planes, but Bucky got stuck to it, and it was a booby trap to explode. And Cap let go, but Bucky couldn't, and he got blown to smithereens, which I don't know how he must have just been that arm they replaced it or something but uh i thought that that was really cool to kind of tie in because cap couldn't remember you know what exactly happened to him i mean he never got the the body back of his best friend and partner and then it turns out like decades later he's a super soldier and he killed his arch enemy and just blew up a whole city.
0: Yeah, it was that same technology that was in the warehouse and that flashback at the very beginning of the issue that they probably attached to Bucky after he lost his arm. So what a cool origin story for Bucky and uh, Cat being one of my favorite heroes of all time, by far the best Captain America story I've ever read. With that said, what are you going to rate it out of 10? I was teetering between a 9 and a 9.5 out of 10 to be honest with you. After reading this, it dawned on me that Cat in America actually does have a pretty good rogues gallery. All those flashbacks he was having, not only was Red Skull cool, but so was Zemo. Zemo was a terrible man in his memories. And, you know, we also got to see Crossbones. So I I just felt like the writer did such a great job of tapping into his... Rogue's Gallery to tell such a good story and the panels were amazing too. The action scenes had little dialogue so it was almost like watching a movie as you're reading it. And so you got all the dialogue in the background in the more still moments and it just felt like it was very strategically done that way. And so I think the pacing was really good and all the dialogue was in the appropriate places. So I felt that they did a great job of taking advantage of the medium in general in regards to the storytelling aspect of it. It. and so very fond of the art the writing the callback to uh not only just marvel comics in general but cap's history and marvel comics and so super cool issue and then after reading this i'm definitely gonna get an issue six of this series uh so what a cool way to get people reinterested in the captain
1: absolutely I'm gonna go you know pretty close to you I'm gonna I was teetering between a eight and three quarters and a nine uh because I think this is must read Captain America so if you're not already a Cap fan which I mean who isn't at this point uh the Cap rules but I would say that this is one of the easier ways to get into the Cap I mean it's only a six issue chunk it's obviously not the full story if you want to know more about what goes on with the Winter Soldier you're gonna need to read a bit further but kind of just to uh wet the beak a little bit and see what it's all about I'd say this is a uh, excellent jumping on point for somebody who's you know not familiar with the captain or wants to read something awesome for the captain because thinking back to it there's not that many classic storylines that are just solely cap um, i would argue that this is probably one of the more more influential ones especially with the strong creative team uh, as you mentioned i love Baker's work i think that steve epting was working on this for the art and the art was great it was dynamic it kind of felt retro in a way um so you know when especially during the flashbacks everything felt like really appropriate everything was just awesome i I like the way that all the kind of mysteries were intertwined, the way that the cliffhangers all led into one another, but that wasn't even the focus of the whole issue. The pacing was excellent. They kind of knew what they were doing with their time and with their space in the book, more or less. And yeah, I just, it was a great read for someone who likes the captain.
0: All killer, no filler. If you're into Marvel comics in general, this is definitely something I'd put on your radar very like explosive love the energy
1: absolutely co-sign that statement with that said you know where to catch us on social media i'm not gonna preach to the choir y'all are already faithful but you know where to rate us that helps us with the algorithm but you know we're not beggars here you guys do it if you want but uh you know cbj pod on insta cbj podcast on facebook feel free to send us a message and whatnot let us know what's up what you like what you don't like and joe what do you want to do
0: next time Let's do a topic, burger. What do you want to do for topics?
1: Topics sounds good. I have a theory here. I'd say, why don't we talk about... I mean, we've had a like sort of villain-centric episode, kind of. I say, why don't we go into like kind of like haters? You know what I mean? I don't know if you're on board, but I've got some ideas, brewing. We could discuss the ultimate haters in comics. So, there's plenty of villains, and we've talked about a lot of them. We've read about a lot of them. But a lot of them have different reasons for why they do what they do. A lot of them go to different lengths to mess with their hero why don't we try and see for ourselves who's the ultimate hater out of all of these i mean we literally are gonna have uh nazis against speedsters against guys who hate fishmen. you know there's a lot of people who hate people for different reasons but who's the ultimate hater of their
0: hero challenge accepted so that's what we'll do next episode and we look forward to you guys uh chiming in and listening with us thanks for listening guys all right